All right, all right. Uh, another day here in Franklin, Tennessee, beautiful Franklin, and uh, just outside Nashville here at the All In Podcast, where we're going to talk today about what it means to be all in on helping people. I've got somebody here with me that helps a lot of people and has gone all in, risked it all in order to help people. And so I've got who I've got here is Chuck McDowell. He's a friend of mine. He's the founder of C- and CEO of Wesley Financial Group, LLC, an Inc. 500 company. And they specialize in complete timeshare termination and timeshare debt elimination for individuals and families that experience fraud, repre- uh, misrepresentation, lies, during their timeshare sales presentation. Now, even though Chuck is one of the pioneers in timeshare cancellation, he actually used to be a salesman in the timeshare industry before he realized what it was all about. And after he discovered that there was some deceitful tactics uh, that people that they used on unsuspecting people, he left the industry to work on the other side. And now he fights for consumer rights. He served at the, as the CEO for a timeshare advocacy group before deciding to take timeshare cancellation into his own hands. So wanting to help good people out of bad situations, he founded Wesley Financial Group down in 2011. And they are dedicated to providing legitimate aid to those who feel helpless. And Chuck's unique background, background acts as a special motivator, to be honest and fair to those who so often feel cheated. Uh Chuck uh, has got a family here in town. Uh, his his wife Joe Ellen. They live in Franklin. Their dogs Bud uh, and Ollie, and their cat Bices. Bees. 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 All right. Bees. All right. So welcome, Chuck. Thanks for being here, my friend. Good to see you. Always. Yeah. And if you don't know, if you ever go to the Titans games, uh, Wesley Mortgage, uh, you'll see it all around the Titans in there because they are the. Uh, the the sponsor there so uh welcome and we got to get those titans back on track how'd you feel about that yesterday just off the subject i thought that was cool ron carthon did you see that round of applause he got when he walked in the building i brought tears in my eyes Uh oh i've already fired an email (laughs) i bet you have they should i should have been there yeah (laughs) so tell us about wesley man i mean it's a great story and um you know you you're you're selling these things and every you know lots of people bought them and then you realize somewhere along the line ho hold up hold up this is maybe not cool so tell us about well i think it's wise to start with how i got there yeah um i'm not going through my whole life history but um 2002 my the mother of my children passed away in her sleep 39 years old Mm. because congestive heart failure uh one of those yeah you just never know Right. And uh, had two boys. They were 13 and 9 at the time. Had to take care of the kids. Um, had money. Not a lot of money, but I had enough money to to basically curl up in a ball for three years and not work. Mm-hmm. And I woke up one day, and I needed money to buy the kids supper. And I had to ask a friend for 20 bucks. And that was the day that I said, I'm not going to go back to this. Oh, wow. and, uh, and the bad part was he pulled a $20 bill out of his pocket, and instead of handing it to me, threw it at me. So I, had to, I got to watch it float through the air. I can see it right now. It land on the ground, and I had to bend over and pick it up. And I felt like I was like this. I'd gone from driving a 750 BMW with a big office down on West End, paying myself 100 grand a week to broke. And um, needed a place to go back to work. I needed a place to be because I was getting up in the morning and taking the kids to school. I'd come back home go to bed. I'd yeah. get up at 2 o'clock. And take a shower, act like I've been working all day, go pick the kids up, 
I coached uh, middle school basketball for 21 years. I'd go to basketball practice if it was basketball season, and I would come home and I'd do I cook and clean and do the. Yeah, I remember when I told my wife one time, I'm working all the time, and all you're doing is taking care of the house. Oh boy, yeah, I heard I heard her telling that, saying that to me a lot as I was mopping the kitchen floor. But basically, had a, I needed a place to be yeah. every morning. I needed a place, yeah, besides the house, and right. just get out of bed and go get back to work. But I'd always been an entrepreneur, so getting a job was. It's difficult for me to have somebody slam their hand on a desk and cuss me when I'm working, and right. I've made more money than them. Right. That's kind of bothered me. But well, so I went to Wyndham to sell timeshare because I thought it'd be a it's Wyndham. I mean, they're suing me right now, so it's, I, I was going to say there's not a whole lot I could say, but hell, they're in every they got all my emails, all my text messages. I guess I can say whatever because they already know anyway. So I went them if you're watching, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, wrong finger, but you're number one. Uh, when you serve me on Christmas Eve, mm. yeah. If you want to go to war, I'm willing to die. I hope you are, too. Yes. Yeah. One of us is going to die, and it ain't going to be me. Right. So I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get all fired up. But went to window because I had to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I'm up at 5, 5.15, getting the kids going. I take off and drive real fast to work because you don't want to be late because you got to stay there all day if you're late, and you can't sell it. It's a long story, but. So I started in like October, and God, I was gonna say back then, but it sounded weird. But I didn't think it. But it's been thirteen, fourteen years, twelve years. It's been a while. But that was back when really Nashville was kicking Wednesday a little bit, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday. Everybody go home, and Monday and Tuesday. Now you go downtown Nashville on Sunday night or Monday morning at ten o'clock. It's Packed. Still packed. And same thing with people staying in timeshares like Wyndham and Asheville. So there wasn't a whole lot going on and towards the because I was brand new. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And this was uh, November and December. You got people coming to Nashville, but January and February it was dead. March they start coming back. So I really didn't start selling on March. But but about well, Memorial, Memorial Day was that was tough. Work, working on Easter Sunday selling timeshare. When I walked in on Easter Sunday, I felt like I was going to hell for selling timeshare. I mean, I really <laughs> oh, could. Gosh. When I walked in the office that morning, I thought, I'm going to hell for selling timeshare on Easter. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm one of those that says there's, there would not be a Christmas if it wasn't for Easter. Yeah. And if you need me to explain that to you, call me. I'll explain <laughs> it to you. But yeah. Um, Easter to me is a pretty important day. Yeah. It's more important than Christmas to me. But um, but I did. I learned that it wasn't. I'm a professional studied trained salesperson um uh, i'm a poker player when i'm selling i'm a tactician mm -hmm. i'm not a liar i don't take advantage of people yeah if you can't afford it you can't afford it i'm not gonna try to ram it down your neck i'm not gonna make you feel bad about not buying something and that's not just what timeshare does the lies that i heard were illegal yeah. If you sold homes the way people sell timeshare, not everybody. I'm sure in my experience, and I have a lot, every resort probably has one or two people that don't lie. Now, you always have people that everybody says they don't lie when they're selling yeah. timeshare. No, I don't lie. It's just the way I word things. That's called wordsmithing. That's called lying. Same thing. Right. And, um, but I would ask people, can you say, like there was a lady there that she said to her clients, Whatever you buy, so if you buy a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, you can use it every week for two years, every week, 
for two years. And if you decide you don't want the product anymore, you give it back to us, we'll give you double your money back. Mm-hmm. And I went, can you really say that? Because that's not true, right? And they would say, it's okay till it's not okay. That was the buzzword around the Wyndham Nashville office back then. It's okay till it's not okay. And then I basically told a friend of mine, I've got to quit. He said, why do you got to quit? And I said, because I'm lying to people. I can't lie to people for a living. That's not what I signed up right. for. And he looked at me and said, have you been number one, the number one sales rep yet? And I said, I know what you're doing to me. <laughs> and I hate you. And I said, no. He said, how are you going to quit without being number one? So I decided then that I was going to make up stuff that nobody had ever made up. This is obviously hard to say, yeah. but it's just the truth. Um the truth shall set you free. Yeah. So, but I got it. the truth is for thirty. I told myself for thirty days I'm gonna lie more than anybody in this building, and I'm gonna be number one. And I got carried away, and I went forty three days. And I had this lady tell me that she, I was the most honest timeshare salesperson she'd ever met. Mm. She was seventy something years old. Her husband had just passed away. And I told her this was be great for her, her grandkids, and that's all BS. Yeah. And I, I mean, my stomach's about to flip right now. I just felt horrible and. I came back the next day and I said, I need a 30 day personal leave, take care of some family issues. And basically, because I, I was broke, I was broke when I started. I hadn't made any money. I mean, I made a 1500 a week here, $200 one week. I, mean, I had no money. I was getting my check, go to Bank of America, right down the street, cash it every week. So I'd have money in my pocket. I like having my cash in my pocket. Right. And uh, so I knew when I quit, I was going to be broke. And I had friends of mine look at me and go, how can you quit with no money, no job? I said, I don't know, but God's always taking care of me. I'll figure something out. So he'll open some other door. And so what I did was I used their insurance. I went and had everything, my dental work done. I did everything. I made sure I got my my commissions. And then I started calling people back that I'd lied to. And I said, this is what I said to you. It was a lie. I didn't know I was lying to you when I said it. I was just 100% honest with them. I did know I was lying. Those were hard calls. Yeah. I mean, Bob and Mary, remember me? Oh, yeah, I remember you. You lying, best obeyed. I'm going, yeah, I was lying. I'm sorry. This is what I said. This is what you need to do to cancel it. And what happened was, normally when you start a business, you do it on purpose. You know, like, I'm going to go buy a food truck. Right. Probably going to sell food out of it, right? Well, I was calling people telling them that I was lying to you, didn't know, or I didn't know. I had a lady refer a friend. She offered to pay me $3,500, I believe. And then I had a guy who was referred by someone, someone else. I had two two referrals. That's all I had. And this guy owed like three hundred grand or 250000 or something, something crazy. Ugh. And, of course, it goes up every year. Your maintenance fees just keep going up. So there's no end to it. And he, he offered me, I think it was, 20, well, it was twenty five grand. I believe he agreed to pay me half now, half after I got him out or something like that. And I went, yeah. I'll do that. Absolutely. I'm mean, about a 45 day time period to cancel it. Now it's a year and a half. It's a lot harder today. Wow. But, yeah. And um, yeah, it's a lot harder today. Um, but I, I saw, I went, could I actually start a business? Yeah. Helping people. I mean, what's a better way to make a living than. So we're a for-profit company. I don't hide from that. Sure. We don't do it for free. Uh, we do help some people for free. Occasionally, we get cases that are just disgusting, and yeah. they don't have the money. Yeah. I can't just hang up the phone and say, I can't help you. When I'm going across the street and spending $100,000 to feed kids that don't have food, it's yeah. the same thing. Somebody mm-hmm. needs money. I mean, right. somebody needs help. Right. And if you need help, I'm going to help if I can. Right. 
That's the whole basis of the company. It's the basis of the name Wesley. It's John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church. Do all the good you can, all the ways you can, as many people as you can, as long as ever you can. So it sounds like, like, what are some principles or mantras, you know, that are kind of centered around that? I mean, you've talked about some. I mean, we've all been there. I mean, heck, David in the Bible is one of the worst people we ever knew, you know, and then God used him in a mighty way, obviously. Yep. But, like, talk about that, you know. Well, I mean, in our office, we've got a some rules like uh, absolutely zero tolerance for lying. There's no reason to lie about anything in our office. I mean, every whatever the it is, it is. It is what it is. Um, I mean, there's I always say there's three parties involved in this process. Somebody that lied about a timeshare. If you didn't, if you were not lied to, we don't help you. Can't help. So you. if you got cancer and your husband lost his job or wife lost his job, lost her job, and you just want to get out of your timeshare. Or when there were the fires in Gatlinburg and people, the Westgate Resort was completely burned down and people wanted to get out because of the fire. I went, no, we. that's just an act of God. I can't help you with that. But no, if you were lied to, I'm happy to help you. Tell me, what did they say this? No. How about that? No, then we can't help you. Okay. So we're the only ones in this industry that does that. Everybody else, as long as you want to cancel it, they'll tell you they can cancel it, but they're probably not. Hold another conversation, but we don't lie. Number one, uh, we're there to help people. Uh, you know, just be kind to other people and just do the right thing. It's not that difficult. Try not to take advantage of people. I brought up David. You know, but it is somewhat. It reminds me of David and Goliath because you're going oh, up against definitely. you're going up the big against the big boys. Oh yeah, they and don't, they don't like me. it, do they? No. If I die, they I'll tell people if I die, they wouldn't high five. They would send out invitations to a party. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's okay. And so that looks like lawsuits. That looks like, you know, they try to run trying to take you down. Yeah. Um, and that's the way business is. I mean, it's, they're yeah. not really worried about the they're worried about the dollar. Yeah, they're trying to. There's been many, many lawsuits in this industry. There's only been one so far go through the trial. They just run everybody out of business. Hmm. They financially drain you of financial. I mean, with legal fees, but. I was prepared for that this time. They, so, when they sued me the first time, I'm, I walked into court minus $86,000 to my name. I owe my attorney eighty six grand, and I didn't have any money. Yeah. My wife didn't know that part. <laughs> <laughs> but today, uh, I prepared. So yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they can sue me 10 more times, and I'm not going anywhere. It's still hard, though, right? Oh, it's, 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 it's hard. It's kind of Exhilarating a little you're, bit you're in you're some weird, sick way. I mean, yeah. I believe entrepreneurship is a mental disorder. <laughs> if it's if it's done properly, let me make sure I say that. Right. If, it, if it's done properly, true entrepreneurship is a mental disorder. I mean, it, if you don't wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with an idea about your business and write it down on something and then not be able to go to sleep the rest of the night because you're thinking about it, you're not an entrepreneur. You need to mm -hmm. get in sales or something. Yeah. That's not an entrepreneur. That's uh, as Mark Cuban called it. I want entrepreneur. He right. well, you want to do it, or I gotta hate the term serial entrepreneur. Yeah. That one and what's your why or two things. Like, ah, don't ask me what's my why. I want to make some. I want to make money yeah. and help people. It should be everybody's why. So we're twenty twenty three now. What's the timeline here? We're talking about like when you when things started taking off with this. What year was that? Oh, I don't know when it actually started taking off. It's just been a slow. Yeah. So 2011, Brian, you sort of started. 2011, started. we started the very first company. Well, actually, we started like 2007 or eight. Me and a guy that I worked with at Wyndham started the very first. As far as I know, I got one company that wants to shoot me because they say they started this. 
All I know is there was one company that was running Google ads. That's all I know. Somebody could have been doing something in North Carolina or Colorado, and I didn't know about it because right. I don't know what everybody on earth is doing. I got enough of problems right here. I got to take care of myself. But there was one ad company running ads on Google. That was us. So we're, I think we're the first ones doing this, whatever. Um, and uh, him and I just didn't see eye to eye. He never owned his own business. Um and we separated. I went in uh, one direction. I ended up forming Wesley Financial Group. Wesley Financial Group was formed originally in 1989 as an insurance marketing company. And I just reformed it because okay. when I heard the what John Wesley quote, I was 12 or 13 years old. And I was in church in Cook's Methodist Church in Mount Juliet, which is the most beautiful church sitting up on a hill that I've ever Shout seen. Shout out to Mount Juliet. Yeah, Mount Juliet. Golden Bears, baby. And... um uh, I heard that quote, and I thought, you know, it'd be cool to name a company after John Wesley yeah. one day. And that's just where it came from. So I reformed Wesley Financial in 2011, and um, we were already being sued for the first company. So as I, when I started that company, I was in the middle of a lawsuit. Yeah. And we went through a full four-day trial, which was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, never been in a federal courthouse, never been in front of a jury, never— Never been told that I was horrible human for helping people. Mm. That was a really strange. It's like the judge. I'm like the judge, dude. Are you, you really gonna allow them to say that when they're the ones lying? Right. But you know, I think everybody knows that what people are doing in the township world, but they don't, or so they say they don't. Right. Uh, I'm talking to you politicians when I say that that I've met with over the years. Yeah. You know, you act like you don't know. I mean, I think everybody knows what timeshare is. Yeah. I mean, you can buy them on eBay for a dollar. So if you're selling me one for 50 grand, how are you going to sell it for 50 grand if I can get it on eBay for a dollar without lying? Wow. I think everybody, but see, you didn't know that. No. See, that's when you're in the middle of something, that's all you see. Right. And that's where I'm at. I'm in the middle of this, and it's a war that, uh, yeah, I brought up, but I mean, like when I walked into court the first time, you could feel Jesus sitting beside me, man. They don't get all religious on you, but this, he's sitting right there. There's no way they're going to beat me. It's impossible. I've got plenty of money. I'm David with Goliath. I'm going to win. And winning to me is just staying in business or destroying them, putting them out of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we keep coming a little closer towards each other, punch yeah. it a little harder. And eventually, something's going to blow up. I'm going to die there. I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not like you're not going to die. Right. I'm not going to die. Here forever. I mean, dude, we might die in the next five minutes. We don't know. Right. I mean, it may be here 50 more years. Well, no, I'd be a really old dude. Maybe here another 30 years. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I want to be, but maybe. Who knows? And they start exercising more from a bigger 30 years, buddy. <laughs> So, you know, mindset is a big word, yep. you know, do you, what is it when you hear that, does that resonate with you? And like, did you feel yourself at some point taking on a different mindset, you know, from when you kind of flipped, where it's like, Hey, you know, you went sort of the boiler room movie kind of guy where, you yeah. know, and then all of a sudden you kind of go over oh, the other side. Now you're calling people back and saying, you know, Hey, I, I did you wrong. And now, but now. I mean, you're you're out in the middle of the battlefield with a with a sling, uh, with a nine foot dude, and so what? What eight or nine foot? Twenty foot dude. Yeah. So you're right. So how does your mindset like? Because listeners, you know, this is not something that's easy for you. So listeners want to know, like, how does somebody like you, 
when you wake up or what, how did it start? And now you're just, it's almost like you've gained all this momentum, but it probably, it probably had to start. I mean, you had to really sort of buy in, right. And say, that's, this is the route I'm going and I'm not going to stop. Well, you mentioned ballroom. I've been in phone sales my whole life. So just kind of helped with this, but to have the mindset, it's just the mindset of kind of keep going back to it. that I'm not going to lose and I can't lose. You're competitive. Um, yeah, that's why that friend of mine said, if you move number one, I went. He knew, to get, he knew, knew that it. would get you. I knew it. I know what you're doing. I don't, like if I say a board of 20 of us and they're like ranking it one through 20, I don't understand the person that's okay being 18. Right. Or nine or two. Right. A two, okay, three, you're in the top five. I, I can probably swallow that a little bit. <laughs> but if I'm four and you're in front of me, man, I mean, I'm trying to clip your kneecap or something. Right. I'm going to, you know, I got to beat you. Right. I mean, what's the fun of having the board if we're not all trying to be number one? I never understood that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the, when I give talks about touching the line. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about that. Mm-hmm. But sort of like when you're in PE class. Uh, this was me as a kid. I'm, in, or I'm playing sports. I played football, basketball, track, all that stuff. I just hate baseball. It was boring to me. Um, I wanted to somewhere I got to hit somebody. Race, yeah. my, I race motocross, stuff, play rugby. Yeah. That was me. That's why I'm so beat up when we were talking about that earlier. But um, – just having the running a suicide when you start on the baseline and you're under the yeah. free throwing back. Yeah. You know, I'd have a guy beside me. He like stopped this much short. Oh, yeah. And the coach said, touch the line. Well, I'm touching the line. I go back and I'm touching the line. The guy's coming short. And he gets through and he goes, I beat you. I'm like, you did beat me. You didn't touch the line. Yeah, I did. And I'm going, well, that's kind of what time sure was to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, then I'm touching the line. You're coming up short. Every time, but you want to act like you're beating me. You're not beating me. You're just lying to people. So it's a big difference. Uh, it's To me, that sums up life, man. It's touch the line of everything you do. Just be kind and help other people. Touch the line. Enjoy your life. But do you I've said just, many times, I'm happy to go out of business. Just stop lying to people. Right. It's real simple. Just, right. Just develop a product that you don't have to lie about. I'll stop canceling timeshare. <laughs> what does it feel like when... When you see that you've let someone out of this, uh, that this this burden, what is that like for you? Uh, that's um, that's what keeps me doing it. Mm-hmm. Is when I get on the call and call the client, and they just start crying, or I'll get a letter. I've got one on my choked up right now. I got a letter on my desk right now from this eighty year old lady. She can tell how she's writing in cursive oh, wow. and shaking when she's writing it. And yeah, man, I mean, yeah, we charge we charge the money for it, but. We've taken the stress, the hell, the the everybody that contacts us. Mark says, "I feel so stupid." Mm. Not ever, not some people. Every one that calls us, I feel so stupid. Some shame or something. I feel there. so shameful that I allow this to happen to my family. That I'm the one that said yes when my wife was telling me no. Or I, there's always one that says yes and one that says no. The one that says yes normally wins. Well, I don't know about normally, but and here you so, are. if they call me, the one that said yes won. Right. And uh, but yeah, when you get them out, that's that's what keeps me doing it. And uh, that in the war, and the fact here, the fact is, I normally get bored. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not. A, I don't like to call myself a CEO, and that's what I am now. I'm a CEO of 350 employees. That's not fun. Yeah. I enjoy going to find a new office, just me. I got an idea. 
So I look at it like I've got a big jet liner sitting on the runway and I've got to fill it up. I got a captain. I got to go find a couple of co-captains, a couple of managers. We're going to go hire some people. Those are flight attendants. And then I got to get some clients. And those are the people sitting in the seats on the airplane. Yeah. I got to get it 35,000 feet. I got to give it all the gas I have. They don't give it just a little gas when I take off. Yeah. They give it all the gas. Right. You got to get it 35,000 feet. Well, then when I get there, I want to get up and walk around and go kiss the babies and give them the little airplane wings yeah. and stuff. I want to go do something else. So I don't. I enjoy starting companies. I've done that my whole life. It's been a bad. It's been a bad thing for me because I'll be making a lot of money doing something, and I'll just quit and go do something else. Because you get bored. I get bored. This I can't. I've got clients. It's going to take some of them a year, two years, six months, yeah. two years, three years. As long as the timeshare company wants to wait, I'm willing to wait. So we just keep fighting. Yeah. So guys, hit the like and share button right now. A uh, little bell as well, but like, so 350 employees now, is that where you're at? Wow. And so how many of those are, are reps that, that you've taught or your team has taught like how to navigate through this for clients? Is it is to it, get them out or yeah, to get them out? Uh, probably 150. Wow. I would say and what's the other 200, the other hundred are sales, uh, marketing, our marketing team is, uh, there's nobody has a better marketing team. Yeah. And the main reason is my two sons are on it. Yeah. My, my oldest son's been with me from day one. And he's a genius. They both are, but he's a genius. Um, and then the others, you got about 50 support staff from HR to billing to contracts. To, okay. So maybe it's from the time you call in, you talk to one person. And if we think you qualify, we have you watch a film that's called Timeshare Warrior at timesharewarrior.com. I'll do a little plug. Yeah, yep. And um, timesharewarrior.com. Uh, yeah, it will be when it's out. When, when this war's over, what you're seeing there is the first 43 minutes of a documentary. It's going to be on Netflix or somewhere for about an hour and 20 minutes. I don't know the ending yep. of the next three lawsuits. I'm waiting for that to end the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, getting those letters is what keeps me in the business. And that little lady that told me I was the most honest timeshare salesperson. Oh, yeah. That one is just, boy. So you're trying to, in that case, you're trying to redeem. Trying to not go to hell for selling no, timeshare, right. man. I'm just telling you. Brother, me. this is a story of redemption. I mean, Absolutely. it really is. And that's what I love about you, that, hell, none of us are perfect. And here you, you know, you, you're kind of in the gutter, I guess you might say, you know, uh, not only just personally. Satan had me right where he wanted me, brother. <laughs> I mean, he really did. Yeah. I was broke. Here's your way. You can make four or 500000 a year. You just got to lie. <sighs> yeah. You drive all those nice cars. You see all those salespeople out there? They all got BMWs, Mercedes, Corvettes. You make whatever. You make. You got great insurance. You just got to lie. So these people get into these timeshares. What is like the average like amount that they owe or is there is there one that's kind of normal yeah probably 18 20 grand I it's mean, still a lot of money it's, well, yeah, it's not yeah, life-changing money it's still a thousand dollars a year that are going to be 1100 next year and then 1200 the next year i'm, I'm rounding up yeah. it's not being perfect with my math there probably but but it, it your maintenance fees don't go down right so right. they go up every year uh, a lot of things i'll ask somebody that buys this owns a timeshare so so when does your timeshare end yeah. And they go, well, don't I, I, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know when it ends. So how much are you paying on it this year? How much are you going to pay next year? They go, I don't know. So you you bought something, you don't know when it ends or how much you owe. Mm -hmm. You can't give me a number. If I were to go to the timeshare company and pay them X dollars, I can get away from this. They don't know. Right. You know, so. so you guys educate them on that. 
educate them on that. And sometimes your companies do the right thing. I got to say this. Disney, I've never had one phone call from a Disney client. Not go. one. Not one. Not can name Why do you think that is? They don't lie. They don't lie. <laughs> it's real simple. Yeah, they sell you a condo. You get to stay in that condo every year for week number 11 or week number 23 or whatever week you pick. Yeah. And that's yours. You own one fiftieth of it. That actually has the the original timeshare was a great product. You get to stay here, right here, one week every year. Then they started making it fancy where you can go anywhere in the world, which what that means normally is my clients would say, that means you ain't going anywhere. So I think it's important for people to know because I mean, I mean, here we are in Middle Tennessee, Nashville area, a lot of people uh, take their families to Disney yep. once a year sure. or whatever. And so, you know, they're right there with the little kiosks out of your everywhere. Hey, can you pamphlets? One and so I think for me, I, I didn't I mean, I just, just kinda lumped them in with everyone else. So it's yeah. good to know, I think, you know, because I'm sure listeners out there have one. It's good to know that they're actually legit, you know. There's several that are. There there's there's a lot of mom and pops, I call them small timeshare companies that I've never gotten calls from. But Disney's the one that they're a large company. And when they sell a product, it is what they tell you it is. Yeah. It's kind of important. It should be that way with everything. <laughs> you know, when you buy something, it should be what you're buying. <laughs> so at this stage, you know, with Wesley, what's a typical day look like for you as it pertains to Wesley? You know, or is well, it you know, we get, we've got now kind of all things Wesley. We've got a lot of Wesley things. Yeah. I mean, we started Wesley Insurance, which is kind of a, just sitting on the back burner now. But Wesley Mortgage is not. So mm-hmm. We signed a, a big deal, as you mentioned, with the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes me the insane entrepreneur proving that it's insane, that <laughs> Back it, to there's that a mental one, yeah. disorder. There's, I signed a $1.7 million a year with the Titans six months before I'd ever closed our first loan. Everyone that worked at Wesley Mortgage, I knew I was firing in the next 30 days. I think that's called pushing all in. Is that's that not going all in, all bro. In? Yeah. yeah, that's going all in. But, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to do something. I don't want to do it. I don't want to half-ass something. Right. Right. I don't ever look back and go, I wish I would have. Well, when you're going all in, I mean, when you when you got the nuts, you know, then when I say the nuts, I mean the cards. Yeah. Not the I got not, it. Not, not, not the giblets. <laughs> but um, pocket aces. Yeah. When you got when you got it, I mean, you know, that's you feel confident to do that. Just not you're jacks. doing the right thing. Just not jacks. Yeah, not jacks. <laughs> or Ace King. Oh, <laughs> man. Jacks that hurts you, boy. <laughs> um, so I mean, what exci- what's coming up for you? What excites you coming up? I mean, do you want to share anything? Yeah. It's like um, next, you know, that you kind of, I mean, without giving any secrets away. But Well, we're uh, we're planning a little um, uh, a little offensive uh, move on the timeshare industry. Nice. Um, which is, uh, I want to say fun. It's not fun. That part's not fun. Um, that's just part of the war or something I have to do. Um I'm buying a, um, I say this now, but um, I don't have LOI yet, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a company here in town called Medical House Calls. Uh-huh. <clears throat> We're buying that. Um, I'm always looking for companies to buy. I'm mainly looking for people to mentor, to help. But uh, as far as Wesley, we just keep growing. And to say we're an 8500 company canceling timeshare is kind of an insane thing to say. Right. Yeah. But we've been in the 8200, I mean 2000 or but one year we were 493 and we had uh COVID was good to us because people wanted to get out of the country because they couldn't go sure i mean but again we didn't help them unless they've been lied to but 95 percent of people have been lied to 
And then we had a little, the old COVID whiplash. So they they're not selling like timeshare, so nobody's really wanting to get out of it because nobody bought any. Yeah. And uh, now, it's amazing. Right now, they're setting records selling timeshare. I'm on TV and radio talking about it all day long. All over your Facebook, Instagram. And they're setting records selling timeshare today. And you're kind of fighting the other Blows way. my mind. It's so you're just fighting against the wind. I mean, and just... I thought I would do this for one to two years, and I would sit before Congress and shut down the timeshare industry because I thought nobody knew what was going on, and I was going to shed the light. And then I read about this lady in San Francisco that did the old whistleblower lawsuit and got like $200 million or something. I went, I should have done that. Right. <laughs> it's like, it like primetime says, yeah. Coach Neon Dion says, ain't nobody care. Right. That's right. what I run into. I go talk to BBB or politicians or – I got one guy in the state of Florida that's helping me. Besides that, ain't nobody care. Right. People in BBB in Nashville, they don't care. They think I'm a bad person. Right. Which the timeshare industry has done a really good job of flipping the narrative. Right. The timeshare exit companies are the bad people. Right. They're the good people. All you got to do is call them and they'll let you out. And some companies do offer that. Yeah. But most don't. Or they say they offer it. And then when they call, you you, you can already guess what they do when you call, right? Yeah. They say you more. Well, what I'm intrigued by is that, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, they reach a certain level and then things start getting, you know, hard because now they're getting people trying to take them down. Like the bigger they get and whatever mm -hmm. that is, whether they're in politics, whether they're in business or whatever. And now all of a sudden you have to make a decision. Am I going to just, hey, this is too much or am I going to run into the fire? Because and that's what you did. You you ran into the fire and you're still doing that. And even though, like you say, it's still you thought you were going to take down the, the whole industry. Yeah, that and, then, was my and, and they're just, they've just continued to grow. But yet you'd still have some, you know, that are uh, Disney that are still doing the right thing. Uh, but gosh, it's, it, I mean, the mindset to be able to just, you kind of had to just power through that, like, and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep going on, even though <laughs> the bigger I'm getting, the more I'm having to hire attorneys, put up with bullshit. There's just all this stuff, right? Yeah. And oh, what do you say to people that are kind of at that place at their career where they're like, you know, the next move is it's going to cause me problems, but you got to, I mean, you know, what biggest more money, more problems. Yeah. It's, but it's, you know, touching a line makes you um, comfortable. Okay. So if you get up in the morning, you make your bed properly, you brush your teeth, you clean, you know, you, you clean the sink. I mean, just little things. That's why I call that's touching the line. So if you touch the line, you can become comfortable. But if you're an entrepreneur and you jump, ooh, that goes once every time I do that. You jump over the line, you jump, you leap for the other side and hang on by your fingernails. Now you're an entrepreneur. And that's what I've done. I went up to the line, yeah. looked at it, went looked over it, touched it, looked over it again. And do I really want to tangle these guys? And I'm going, well, somebody has to. I'm going to die anyway. I keep going back to that. I mean, well, my doctors are worried that the stress is going to get me, but it's not. I mean, I'm, what are they going to do? I just think you're cut out for it, man. I mean, you know. They may kill me one day. Right. But my sons are going to, seriously. So at one point, they were, I'll just say I had a car follow me everywhere I went for right. 14 months. I can't say who it was. Right. But I was in a mobile lawsuit. So, uh, right. Maybe. So. 
I walk into a restaurant and that car, black Mercedes with black tinted windows with a 777 on the tag, rolled by and the right rear window started to go down. And I thought it was a go. beautiful spring day. It was um, a restaurant down in Midtown, South Street. Yeah. The old South Street. Sure. Walking out of South Street, just had my shrimp, crawfish enchiladas, my black beans and rice and a couple of Coronas. And I thought it was a beautiful spring day. Birds were chirping. I thought, you know, they're fixing to kill me, but it's a beautiful day. I've had a great life. It didn't bother me. Now, when the car went by, I couldn't walk. My legs went out. I mean, there was a bit sitting there and I had to sit down. But there, oh, for yeah. the moment, I just came to peace with this. It was, and that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to kill me financially and physically, mentally. And, um, I know I'm helping people, and I know that we do the right thing. Yeah. If I thought we were doing the right thing in my office and we were doing something wrong, I would obviously be extremely worried. I'd be in Cuba probably. Right. But there's no stone they're going to flip over and go, ha-ha. Do we do everything perfect? Obviously, we have people. Yeah. Somebody's going to make mistakes. Somebody's going to say something stupid. Right. I mean, I can't stop. And we record every call. They don't record, obviously, every sales pitch, so we wouldn't be in this conference. You know, right. we'd be talking right. about this. Um, that'd be nice. Right. But, yeah, it's just being able to go. I mean, that's a perfect name for anything. You know, mm. business. You're either all in or you're comfortable. Right. Or you sit and play poker all day and just fold. Right. You're comfortable. You're hanging out with the guys and drinking beer. and It's comfortable. You go all in and your heart starts beating. No doubt. No matter what you got. That's right. You got pocket aces as ace on the board. You, you, you still might be beat. That's right. But you're pushing all in. And, and but then again, you got to be able to push all in when you got a 9 3 offsuit, offsuit right. too. Right. And I pushed all in in the very beginning with a 9 3 offsuit. Right. But and that's it, what got me here. Right. Right. That's what got me prepared to weather the storm of their onslaught of, of uh, lawsuits. Well, you know, there's the, the the saying the you know taking imperfect action. You didn't have all your ducks in a row. I mean, you 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 powered on in the beginning with, like you said, the analogy of a nine three offsuit. You had to play the hand that you had. You had to have played what was in your mitt. And I didn't have anybody to copy. Normally, when you start a business, mm -hmm. you just say, "Well, this guy's doing." I said food truck. Well, I got so this person has a food truck and they're making a hundred grand a year. If I have a food truck with better food. Yeah. better service, better this and better that, then I can make more than that. That's the way businesses are started. Yeah. This was started with, let's grab a machete and just start swinging it right. through the jungle and just see where we go. Because we had no idea how to and really all of a sudden, here's a clearing, and you see it, the vision became clear. That That's when I won the first lawsuit. That's when it was like, okay, you got me. And I'm gonna just keep my. I'm gonna keep going forward. I'm gonna keep yeah. helping as many people as I possibly can, knowing that you got me, and this is not gonna go right. away. And then that's when we started letting clients. We have half of our clients pay us up front, half make payments to us. Okay. So it's payments to the company, and we got forty three million dollars in accounts receivables right now. Yeah. So we're bringing a million dollars a week from our payments. Right. So sue me. Right. Sue me again. <laughs> Sue me again. <laughs> so, so, Chuck, there's people out there right now listening, and their mom or their grandmom or their aunt or maybe them, they, they're in the they're in this thing, and they they feel like they you know this resonates with them. They want to get out. Of it. How do they how do they work with you guys? How do they contact you uh, for help? The easiest way, way just go to our website, uh, Wesley Wesley dot com makes it easy. It's Wesley Financial Group, but Wesley dot com will take you there. So Wesley dot com. Wesley What'd that com. cost you? Wesley, that cost you a bunch of money. Fifty grand. Not bad. I'm buying one. Uh, we're starting a travel club. 
I think Alex Hormozy charged paid four hundred grand for acquisitions.com. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Well, that's actually it's uh, it's probably worth four forty million now, <laughs> right. four million or whatever. I'm sorry but, to interrupt uh, you. Uh, we're buying one called vacay.com right now okay. for a hundred grand. So there you go. Yeah. If I remember sitting on a, at a computer in 1994 or five when I was playing twenty paying twenty five cents a minute for AOL, and I was thinking I was coming up with phrases to buy like yeah. companies for sale. I bought that and sold that. But what was that one? Companies for sale. Companies for sale. Uh, and company for sale. I sold yeah. those. Uh, yeah, somebody offered me a hundred grand in like two weeks, and I thought it was worth a million, so I said no, and I got ten thousand for it like six oh, months wow. later. <laughs> anyway, that's what happened. That's poker. But then, yeah, it's poker. <laughs> and um, but I didn't think one words would work <laughs> but one words is what you want right those are the ones worth money sure now yeah i bought like valuables for sale.com thinking that was going to be that's worth 400 yeah. bucks anyway well yeah. keep up the good fight man i've enjoyed for getting sure, to know you um well, i think we connect a lot they were both from yeah. here went to county schools it's good meeting Mount, you down on Mount, 30a too mount julia and, and beach and then uh, 30a we get to hang out down there yeah you, you uh that house you had was amazing i know you got another one now that's nice and so we're yeah, was, cafe 38 shout out to those dudes cafe jacob and everybody yeah go hang out jacob jason my jacob boys. jason and uh <laughs> we'll hang out we'll see you soon guys but thanks so much for for listening in guys reach out to chuck if you know someone who he can help uh as you can tell he is definitely all in on helping people <laughs> and uh we appreciate you being here Thank thanks you, brother good, good to see you man, man. Right. spending time with you thanks see you next time